Gentile and Gentile Podcast. I am your host, Chris Katolka, and with me is none other than, that's right, if you're looking, Svia Wexler. Hello, Svia. Hello, hello, Chris. How are you? I'm doing good. Pull that mic close to you, Svia. Svia, listen, Svia is Jewish, so she's filling the seat right now of the rabbi himself, the one and only Mr. Steve Herzig. Svia, I definitely won here. Let's, Steve Bupkis, you beautiful. This is fantastic. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Well, listen, we have a great show lined up for you. We're going to have Svia uh, on talking about the amazing work that she's doing to help wounded IDF soldiers. And we also, don't worry, Steve's with us. Hey, Steve, how you doing? Doing much better than I was over the weekend. COVID got my wife and me and hit us right. Oh, right where it hurts. That Chris. that is why Svia is sitting in your seat right now. And and uh, my, by the way, Ocu- she is a thousand percent better than I am. <laughs> you have a much better looking Jewish person for the Jew and the Gentile podcast. Well, now it is the Jew and the Jew and the Gentile podcast. It's the Jew S. The Jew the Jew S. That's right. And not only that, Steve, but she is also an Israeli. And uh, Svia, it's so great to have you. Thank you for being a part of the Jew and Gentile podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Now, Svia, why don't you tell everybody uh, who's watching, listening online, uh, tell them uh, the organization that you serve with. And even later on, we might be getting a word uh, from the chairman of your organization who's in Israel right now. But why don't you share uh, about uh, the work that you do uh, serving the uh, Israelis? Well, uh, unfortunately, the work that we do, especially around this time, is crucial because we are taking care of the defenders of Israel, those that got wounded during the war, current war, and the war since Israel became a country. Uh, For about 76 years, the the organization is in Israel. We are the friend of this organization in the United States, and we call Beit HaLochem USA, FIDV, uh, for the last 43 years. Beit HaLochem. Beit HaLochem. Beit HaLochem, which is House of the... Warrior. The Warrior, House of the Warrior. That's what that means. And you, you, the main purpose of Beit, ha, Beit HaLochem... That's going to take a moment yes, for me. Chris. Yes. Get the I know I'm trying. The, uh, the house of the warrior is to serve those who have been wounded in battle. Correct. Okay. And, and maybe for people who watch the news, they might see uh, a commercial uh, uh, like Tunnels to Tower, which helps wounded warriors and the wounded warrior program here in the United States. Is there similarity between what we see, how we're helping wounded warriors here and the, and um, Beit HaLochem in Israel and who you're serving with? Well, I would say there is a similarity, but Beit HaLochem is just a center for them to come and get services. With uh, Tunnel to Tower, from what I understand, it's more like housing Yeah, that they go and stay, and it's a facility that have everything for them. In Israel, then it's not like that. We have five, we have actually four centers in Israel, one in Jerusalem, one in Tel Aviv, one in Haifa, and one in Be'er Sheva. And we are about to finish the fifth one, which is in Ashdod. That's why you said five. Yes. Because it's it's almost done in yeah, your mind. Yeah, it's almost done in my mind. And actually, uh, we need it to be done as soon as possible because mm. of what's going on right now. Um, and this the fifth facility is going to serve not only the 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 physically injured the uh, soldiers, but it's going to give for about 80% of the facility will give the services for PTSD, Mm. which unfortunately at this war, we see more and more as of now, we know that we have over 10,000 PTSD and we cannot forget that we have those that got physically injured, which right now we got the number of six, over 6,300. Back up for a minute. This is huge for our listeners to hear because here's what we're hearing from the news is that there are, uh, you know, the numbers coming out from, from Hamas is, you know, 10,000 killed and three or 4,000, you know, they say are babies. Um, you know, we don't know how trustworthy those numbers are. 
But nobody on the news is talking about how many Israeli soldiers have been killed or how many Israeli soldiers have been wounded in this battle so far. We hear about what happened on October 7th, 1,400 Israelis brutally murdered, 240 taken into uh, uh, as hostages. But we're not talking about the wounded who are who were fighting in battle and now they're wounded. And you're saying that number is 6,300. So far is, uh, and I, I'd like to say when I say so far, because we don't know every day we are getting more and more. And you can see right now, even today, we got like uh, a couple uh, soldiers that got wounded uh, whether it's uh, light or uh, heavier, but every day there's a casualty that we sometimes hear, sometimes we don't hear. But yes, as you heard, it's 63,000, I mean, I'm sorry, 6,300 mm-hmm. wounded soldiers that we will have eventually to take care of. Svia, uh, can you talk about what your day was like uh, on October 6th? So before October 7th, what was your day like? What was your mission uh, and then what has it been like after October 7th, uh, you know, uh, as, you, as you serve uh, the Israeli people here in the United States? What, how has your day changed? I mean, I can only imagine it's been nonstop for more than 50 days now. You're absolutely right. I mean, if we talk about uh, October 6th, that was a day that actually it was like a, a Friday right before a, um, a holiday, which is uh, everybody celebrating. And we know that I'm thinking about the 51,000 wounded veterans that we are taking care of. But this is like a regular thing. This is something that we hear every single day of what the needs for them. And we go and look for those that would like to help. And then we, we send it to them in Israel. November, I mean, October 7 changed the whole picture. Mm. Changed the whole picture in a way that it was, in a way, we put it in a way that it was a holocaust in Israel, mm. which gave everybody the, the, feel, the, the fear of what's not knowing what's going to happen. Uh, you said the number of those that got killed and the number of those that got wounded and number of those that got uh, taken uh, as a hostages and so on. But every single day right after that, we heard about more and more casualties and more and more wounded and more and more uh, killed. Mm. And that was uh, a nightmare. Uh, Steve, you know, I, I can't help but think when when Zvi is talking here uh, about the importance, uh, you, were, you were speaking to her earlier about how Christians had stepped up to... to, to help support Israel and the Jewish people. And, you know, when I hear what Svia is talking about, it makes me want to get to action um, and to help her and to help this organization. But this is really important for those who are listening to hear about ways that they can connect with Israel and to help those uh, who have been wounded in battle, helping the IDF during this time. Chris, this these are unprecedented days. Svia uh, was talking to me about that before we came on. Uh, and you heard her talk about Holocaust-like uh, for for any Israeli to talk that way. They didn't. It hasn't been that kind of talk because they've always been in a free place and they have fought valiantly in all the wars. But this time, there were three thousand or so uh, who came into these kibbutzim, these communities, and just did horrendous things. Uh, and their help that they thought might be on the way was further away than they thought, and it took hours and hours allowing all kinds of things. Chris, this is unprecedented, but at the same time, believers around, certainly around our country, North America, and around the world have rallied around Israel like no other country, uh, and that, I, that's the biblical connection mm-hmm. that believers have with Israel and the Jewish people. Uh, Svia, you were telling me a story because, you know, y- y- your mind goes to, you were talking about the centers that you have in, in Jerusalem and Tel Aviv and Haifa and how you're building one in, in Ashdod or Ashkelon? In Ashdod. In Ashdod. And, you know, these are big projects. But then the story you told me was even more of a a, a, a human story of somebody, a mother who just wanted to be by her son's side who was wounded in battle. Could you tell that story? Because it really touched my heart when you had mentioned it. 
Absolutely. I'm going to say this story, but this is really Idan's stories. Idan um, was visiting the hospitals, going from one room to another, visiting the wounded soldiers. And as he's going to one of the rooms, he's talking with the parents, talking with the family, talking with uh, the wounded soldiers. And then all of a sudden, one of the, the moms start crying and saying, um, I mean, like he was thinking he's crying, she's crying because of the situation. But he asked her and she said, no, I'm crying because I want, I don't want to leave the bed. I want to stay next to my son. I don't want to leave this uh, room. So what's the problem? Said, she said, I have two younger kids at home mm. and I have no one to take care of them. Mm. Idan looked at her and said, what's the problem? Give me the address. She gave him the address. It was exactly 20 minutes. And she has somebody in that apartment taking care of these kids, feeding them. And she did not have to worry about it. This is, Steve, I'm going to tell you, this is so Israeli to me. That's the Israeli heart. You know, number one, that you trust a stranger to go take care of your kids. I I only ever sense that in Israel, you know. But then it's Israel is such a fan. Like the whole country feels like one big family dinner together, you know, all the time. And this is exactly when you tell me that story, it's amazing to me. But I also have been over in Israel enough to go, that is the Israeli DNA. Well, you know, Chris, uh, we have a Yiddish word. We used it, I don't know how many weeks ago. It's called kvel. You kvel, you feel so good, so proud. When you hear a story that in 20 minutes, uh, he was able to find someone to take care of that need. You just fell over Israel, and that's the Israeli way. Mm. Uh, and what a what a blessing that is! You just can't help but fell. Mm-hmm. That's exactly that's. I'm felling right now. I'm felling yep. over. We're Israel. both felling. <laughs> We're felling. Svia, uh, uh, do you want to share? Another, I, I know that you have a ton of stories, but I think they're good for our audience to hear. Uh, do you have another one you'd like to share? Well, I tell you what, I, I, don't, I cannot think about something, another story at that moment, but I can tell you, as uh, Steve uh, mentioned, Israel is one big family. And when, if we go back to Bet Halochem, every center, every center in Bet Halochem is coming together as one big family. And one story I actually can tell you that during this war, a lot of the people who works at Bet Halochem was called to go to the IDF for mm. reserve. At that moment, we, d- we were short with people to help. But at the same moment, we had tons of volunteers, teens, uh, women, uh, anyone that did not even leave their home knew that they have to go to Beit HaLochem, no matter it's Jerusalem, Haifa, Ashdod, not Ashdod, I keep saying Ashdod, but it's my dream that it's going to come. Of course, I know yeah. that feeling. <laughs> but uh, Tel Aviv um, and Be'er Sheva, everyone came together to help and do whatever they can to make sure that these wounded veterans will get whatever they need. On top of it, I can tell you that during this time, the newly wounded uh, soldiers in the hospitals got everything they needed. Everything, it's, it's also covered their meals. They, I mean, like some of them or most of them ask for a tablet, like a computer, just so they have something to, 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 you know, to use to see the family. It was the next day. Even clothes, because when Idan went to visit, he saw the parents with the same clothes because he came the day after day. He said, what's going on? You didn't take a shower? Yes, but I cannot leave to go some, to get my clothes. Mm-hmm. He makes sure that she has something to to change. That's amazing. It, it's amazing, amazing. Uh, so you've been hearing the Hebrew word Beit Halochem, which is the house of the warrior. But in the United States, it's the Friends of the Israel Disabled Veterans, and you can actually go to their website, which is f i d v, as in Victor f i d v dot o r g, to find out ways that you can find out more about the info, uh, the the um the the nonprofit. And also how you can give and support them here in the United States. And they also have a Canadian uh, arm as well for our Canadian listeners. Uh, again, here, though, in the United States, it's F I 
dv.org. And just for a fresh reminder to our listeners, the Jew and Gentile podcast is sponsored by FOI Equip. And listen, for our FOI Equip listeners, Steve, this might be new to you. I think we had discussed this earlier, but um, we are actually going to have Zvia teach a, a, a Friends of Israel Equip class, Steve. She's going to teach when, a class. Oh, when is that going to take place? It's going to be, this is all fresh for our listeners. She's teaching a class in January and she's, we're going to hopefully bring on Idan and we're going to bring on maybe even uh, potentially don't, you know, don't hold me to this, but maybe even a, a, a soldier uh, who's been wounded, but we're going to have, um, we're going to have Sophia come on and teach and give us insights as to what's going on in Israel and the ways that we can help support the IDF through the Friends of Israel Disabled Veterans program. So that will be coming out in January. But before we get to that, we have a class coming up, two things coming up actually in December. The first is we want to take an opportunity to pray for Israel. So if you go to our show notes right now, there's a, re- a link to register and uh, through FOI Equip, we're going to be praying for the, the state of Israel, the Jewish community. We're going to pray for their peace and their security um, during this very difficult time. It's going to be an uplifting night for believers who want to pray for Israel and the Jewish people. You can register by going to the link in the show notes. And then also, Steve, I'm going to be teaching a class called Oh Little Town of Bethlehem. And so uh, it's all about the significance of Bethlehem, the fact that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, uh, looking at the prophet, uh, the Micah, who said that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Why did he have to be born there? What's the significance of it? You can register for that class by going to foiequip.org, and you can find out more information on how you can get involved through FOI Equip um, by going to foiequip.org. Uh, Chris. And, yeah, go Chris. ahead. Yes. All right, we, if you've just talked about Equip and how important it is, and it is, and I hope that people will tune in to both your class and Zvia's class, but hold up the mug. We, got, oh. we want to make sure that people know that uh, we're raising money for Equip, and one of the ways they could give is by getting a Jew and a Gentile mug. Well, first of all— Mug on a mug. Mug on a mug, but Steve, I'm glad that you said this because I actually—hang on a second— We have two gifts for Svia, Steve, and the first gift is right here, a mug on a mug, okay? Good. So wow, I'm glad nice. Svia has it. Uh, she'll so probably much. wrap it in foil so nobody knows who it is, <laughs> but that's okay. At 14 yeah. ounces, she could put soup, coffee, whatever, even if she wants to cover it up, which she wouldn't be the first. Well, you know, what I should do is print her face out and stick it over your face so that it looks like... (laughs) Then you just upgraded the cup. (laughs) All right. And now I have another gift for Svea, but we're going to give that to her in a little bit. Um, uh, Svea, we want to talk about, coming up pretty soon, is Hanukkah. Um, Do you have any stories? Number one, uh, you were telling me during lunch that your family comes from, your background is actually in Iraq. Correct. And we were talking about all the amazing foods. And you yourself are a fantastic chef. You already said that this is on notice now, everybody, and on record that Sophia said she would help teach me how to make Israeli salad, which is huge. But um, I'm sure growing up, Hanukkah has meant a lot to you growing up. Do you have any stories uh, of, of growing up, Hanukkah, whether in Israel, here, you have your own kids? Yes. Well, Hanukkah is, uh, is a festive uh, holiday. I mean, we, as a kid, we used to wait for that because two things. One, we don't go to school. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Second, we know that every day we get our gift, whether it's money or anything else. And the best part of Hanukkah was the stories after lighting the candles. Mm. And the stories, um, I know that my father used to sit with us and tell us the miracle stories, not necessarily uh, related to to Hanukkah, but any kind of miracle stories from his life or anything that he heard from his father or anyone that, any kind of miracle story. And that was something that we were sitting and waiting to the next day to hear the next story. And sometimes he will tell us one story and not end up the story. So he makes sure that the next day we all be there to hear the end of this story. Oh, he was the ultimate storyteller. Exactly. Oh, that's fantastic. Steve, do you have any stories of growing up in Hanukkah? Uh, I have lots of stories, probably not as good as Zvia's stories, but yes, we, uh, we, got, <laughs> we got gifts, but I always compared them to my Gentile friends. And 
My mother, we didn't have a dollar store, but my mother would buy little tchotchkes, little tchotchke gifts. Uh, we've used that Yiddish word too. Uh, and each day for eight days, you get a little tchotchke gift. And I, if I put them all together, they didn't rival any of my Gentile friends. I'm telling you, Chris, Christmas, you guys rack it in. We didn't rack it in big time at Hanukkah. Did you, was, how is Hanukkah in Israel? Cause you grew up in Israel, Sophia. Right. How is it different in Israel from the United States? Was there a difference uh, when you, when you moved over here? Not really, but uh, you know, it, because of the fact that it's a festive uh, holiday and everybody is uh, celebrating, I can tell you the one thing that uh, we loved in this uh, holiday is being in Jerusalem. Mm. That's the only difference that I can see because in Jerusalem, there's a festival of light. It's every single night. They, they, they light the candles. They put the, the menorah, the Hanukkah, mm-hmm. at, the, at the window. Uh, if you go to old Jerusalem, this is what you see. I mean, like, it's not a regular uh, uh, Hanukkah menorah. It's a different kind and shape that lit with oil, which is incredible. Wow. So this is, a, and become little by little, every year we used to go just to see it, but now it's actually a sort of a tour that take people to go and see that. Really? Yeah. Now, do they have the donuts in, in Israel too, the Sufganiyot? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yep. that's a big, uh, big thing because when Hanukkah, the day before Hanukkah, you already start to smell the oil because oh. uh, they, they uh, you know, they uh, put it in a deep oil and put, I mean, the original one is the, the donut that has the, um, what do you call it? The jam in it, that's yes. the original one. The jelly donut. The jelly donuts, exactly. Yes. But now there is fancy donuts. So <laughs> <laughs> I did hear that they've really upped their donut game in Israel. Everybody upgraded, yes. yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, you can you can get any taste you like. Those that don't like the jelly donuts can get the chocolate donuts and the and so on. I mean it's go in a way that that you really don't know what to get. And when people eat and try, they get to the point that they weigh themselves the day later, <laughs> and they're sorry, but it's very good. That's good. Steve, hey, Chris. Yeah. Chris, you know, uh, we have a text uh, device, 424-444-1948, 424-444-1948. Uh, in preparation for Hanukkah, which comes next week, Chris, let our people, all seven of them, <laughs> See if they will text a picture of their menorah. Oh. I know a number of people have menorahs. Wouldn't it be great to see the different menorahs that are out there, that, Chris? That would be great. So they can be menorahs from anywhere. So text them in. The number is 424-444-1948. Text us your menorah. Steve wanted to see everybody's turkey last week. Now he wants to see your menorah. So just go ahead and text that num- uh, Text a picture of any, you know, actually, uh, Steve and Svia, the other day, it, where I live in town, the Chabad had just set up their menorah um, in our town. Maybe there's a menorah set up in your town um, by the Chabad. Maybe there's. Oh, some- yeah. Take a picture. That would take a picture of a giant menorah. That would be great. And Steve, you have a menorah right now, right? Is that near I you? I do. I have a menorah right by me, Chris. This one is courtesy of Alice Herzig, 100%. Uh, who is much better at, look at that's day one. Can you see that? Yes, I see it. Day oh. two, day three, day four, day five. But watch, Chris, after the eighth day, bingo, look at that. Wait, and now you got it lighting up all over <laughs> the place. <laughs> There is my menorah. That is fantastic. You have got your menorah perfectly. Well, Steve, you know, I want to just spend uh, a moment talking about, especially with uh, with Svia here, and um, and uh, and I, we're trying to get Idan on right now. Oh, I'm going to send him the link so that he can join us. That's great. Um, but, Steve, we want to talk for a moment briefly about Antiochus Epiphanes. And so— yes. So yes. why don't you go ahead and start that? And while you go ahead and, 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 and speak into it, and then I'm going to get try to get Idan on, and we might pivot here for a moment so that we can speak to Idan. But go ahead, Steve. Well, you know, Chris, you and I have been talking about the book of Daniel and the difference that many Jewish scholars have from uh, Christian scholars concerning the date of Daniel. And so depending on your view of the actual date uh, of Daniel and how you view that book, 
we've always, that is we who believe that the Bible is inspired and believe in what we would call a conservative scholarship, believe that Daniel lived during the time of Nebuchadnezzar and was given prophecy concerning the future kingdoms. And we talked about that briefly. And when you come to chapters seven and eight, it becomes amazing. And in the providence of God, Chris, we picked Daniel, not knowing that Zvia would be here, not, not knowing a lot of things. And wouldn't you know that Hanukkah, which is what the Jewish people will be celebrating, a minor feast, an intertestamental feast, uh, is actually hinted at because of Antiochus, who is, we believe, mentioned in chapter seven uh, and is a precursor, we believe, to of a future really awful person. And we'll talk about that uh, next week when we get into chapter eight and chapter nine. But what's amazing about chapter seven is the little horn, uh, well, actually in chapter eight, the little horn uh, that comes from chapter eight, uh, it, because he's a little horn, a little horn that comes, it's, it's kind of complicated, but we'll talk about it next week. But the indication in Daniel is that there would be a future person who would be treating the Jewish people in a horrible way, who would desecrate the temple. Uh, remember, Daniel, he's, he's away from Israel. Uh, this is uh, before Cyrus uh, comes, and uh, Cyrus, of course, who's going to help the Jewish people rebuild the temple. But this will be an intertestamental uh, event that will desecrate the temple. So uh, I just want our listeners to know that as we go through this book of Daniel, it's corresponding over and overlapping uh, Hanukkah, which, Chris, to me, that's a providential act of God. Wouldn't you agree? A hundred percent. And um, and that's why it's important, especially for Hanukkah, that we're talking about this. And uh, not that this is the perfect pivot, Steve, but we have the chairman of uh, Beit Halochem with us from Israel, Steve, which means it's not that early in Israel right now. Hey, Don Kleiman, how are you, sir? Good to see you. How are you doing? Good. I have the honor to be with you. Thank you very much for hosting me. Hey, Chris, he is the second best looking Jewish person today. <laughs> I call the third place. That's right. I'm in third place here. Well, we are. No, no, you're not. No, you're not. Hey, Don, we're so glad that you're with us on the Jew and Gentile podcast. Now it's the Jew and the Jew and the Jew and the Gentile podcast. So we're very, very <laughs> thankful that you're with us. Hey, Don, we've been speaking with, uh, um, with Zvia about the amazing work that you're doing. And I could tell in her face because Zvia tells stories. She's a storyteller, and she has been biting her tongue. I can tell it because she wants to you to tell the stories of all the amazing things that uh, Beit Halochem is doing in Israel to help the wounded warriors uh, from the IDF. And I know that she's been biting her tongue because she wanted you to tell the story, but I'm sure that you've been out and about doing work. So do you want to catch our people up with all the amazing stuff that you've been doing? Well, thank you very much. Great question. Uh, first of all, do you want me to explain what is the Beta Lochem is as an organization? What about organization? Well, we've done that already. Zvi has done a great job, but catch, why don't you catch us up on the things that have been going on, especially between Gaza and, and what's going on in the north as well, and the way that you've been interacting with the wounded. It was it was Zvi that told us that 6,300 Israelis have been wounded already, a number that we're not hearing in the media, but maybe you want to elaborate on that. Yeah, sure. Uh, okay, so basically the organization, as you know, is a, the only organization represented by law, and we are the most, the biggest organization in Israel, uh, not only for the wounded soldiers, one of the biggest in Israel, more than 52,000 members. At the 7th of October morning, uh, horrible things happened, and you know, tragedy. At the 7th of October at night already, we were open and started to work because we have experience from... Uh, yeah, our history, our bad history with uh, all our neighbors. Uh, and uh, we basically are um, working in two vectors. One vector is the wounded soldiers that we already have in the organization, which took the uh, the battles very harshly, especially the PTSD. 
And the other vector is for the new wounded soldiers. So what we did is we basically opened the same day two call center. One is a passive and one is active. The passive one is for emergency 24-7. Any uh, veteran or one of his family who feel um, something's bad happened or he needed help, he doesn't get medicine, need us to bring him food, clothes, anything, uh, we uh, this uh, call center was open uh, and was uh, basically we're taking by uh, employees, employees of the organization or volunteers. The active uh, call center uh, finished yesterday and called all the 52,000 members to their home, asked them what they need. And we divided to um, green, orange, and red uh, uh, colors. And uh, you remember the scene from uh, Saving Private Ryan when uh, they took the paper and go to someone and this someone took the paper and go to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So we didn't have the time or the privilege to open something high tech. What we did, we brought 25 uh, seller phones, put 25 volunteers with a, with a paper with those colors. We put at the end of the hall professionals from the organization, the volunteers, if the person says, hey, everything is okay, thank you for calling me, I don't need anything. It was green. If they located that between his words is in uh, some kind of distress, they gave it, uh, they, they, uh, they, they painted it, and they gave it uh, to this person in the end of the hall. And this person made a call to this person. And then, uh, you know, we, we opened what we call a case until we finish it. The red were already, we took it uh, immediately and uh, took it forward to the uh, Ministry of Defense and the Rehabilitation Center. Uh, other than that, we evacuated families before the before the state can do it, before Israel, the, the government decided. We already understood that we have a lot of PTSD uh, in Gaza, near Gaza, or in the north. So we evacuated more than 200 families to hotels. A um, few, few days later, we already had more than um, 2,000 packages for the wounded soldiers, included clothes, um, um, uh, food, or even stamps, whatever they needed uh, for the families, for example. Everybody looked at the wounded soldiers, but we know to look also for the families. And if you see the father and mother sitting in the hall almost 16 hours a day, waiting for some good uh, news, uh, praying for something, uh, that the doctor will go out and say, listen, your kid woke up. Uh, you can go into the room so we brought them food and coffee and clothes and whatever they needed amazing uh, uh, also we opened the special teams we uh, i established a special teams who called beta lochem teams who are divided to all the hospitals in israel we made over 1200 visited in those weeks um those teams go with uh, the shirt of the organization saying behind beta lochem teams uh, and the same faces, so the wounded soldiers will recognize them, and they go to the hospital between three to four times a week, uh, and asking the families and the wounded soldier what they need, okay? But not medical-wise. Medical-wise, they're in the hospital, they're okay. But there's a lot of social things. For example, we had a soldier who was in the Israeli Navy SEALs. Uh, he had five children, and his kid needed the bat mitzvah, okay, two weeks from now. Uh, and he says to me, listen, whenever one of my kids have something, I'm the one who organizes it. And now I'm here in the hospital and I don't think my wife uh, knows who to call and what to do. So we just took charge on the on the event and we are doing the mitzvah for the girl. That's okay? amazing. Uh, uh, other things that were amazing that you talk with soldiers who've been in amazing fights, amazing fights and so terror and they were so brave. And this guy don't have hand and so many shreds and scars and whatever and you know and then he says to me you know what pisses me off and i says to him what and he said my sunglasses was lifting the left in the in the battlefield <laughs> i said what you you kidding me i'm gonna buy you 10 sunglasses I, I'm, I'm happy you're here oh who gives this you know how about do you care about the sunglasses? Oh but, my god! And we and we bought it, and we had another soldier from the Givati Brigade, which is like the Marines, and uh, he was in a really, really bad battle, and then his iPhone was was uh, not lost; it was broken. 
So, uh, you know, to see his face when I bring him new iPhone, you know, it's just, it's a small things, but just says to him, listen, you lost it because you went out and fight for us mm. and protected us. So we will make sure that you will get it back. Okay. Mm. We cannot bring him his leg back. We cannot bring him his soul back, but we can take care of the needs after that. But we also have a long-term uh, goals. And guys, listen, we have 6,000 wounded soldiers, but now um, the good news, if you can say, that 4,000 of them are uh, um, basically wounded that uh, stitches and go back home, okay? Uh, we have 2,000 of the 6,000 that already recognized us as a wounded soldiers for eternity, for, I mean, we call it a disabled, okay? Uh, and the Oregon Minister of Defense already gave them the position of being in our organization. And um, we are waiting, we are in basically in Yom Kippur uh, mode, Yom Kippur war mood. We understand that um, there's really bad wounded soldiers, I mean, amputees, shreds, uh, um, blind, uh, paralyzed, but, we know how to take care of them and we'll, we will we will help them in their journey but what we are now starting to get you know ready to it for it it's the ptsd we know that we're going to have approximately 10 to 15000 soldiers um and not and, and not because the war not because the war it's because they saw in the south horrific images okay and i don't want to have an any burden on your uh, listeners but it was like the holocaust and mm. even worse okay if you can say i mean i cannot i cannot i cannot believe that i'm seeing something worse than the holocaust okay it's the holocaust it's in, in the holocaust you cannot say worse or not it's a holocaust when you see babies burned and an old women and and and, and children and, and, and it, 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 I, I don't want to just I, I don't want to repeat it because i don't want to do, do you know I don't, I don't want to have a burden on you on your listeners, but those soldiers are basically, you know, when you say a soldier, it's a 19, 20 years old mm. person. And he comes back home and he really saw, and when he saw a baby with no head, then, I mean, it's something that could never go out from his soul and his mind. And um, what we are dealing now, a national crisis for us, uh, for the soldiers, is... Uh, two things one is how bad is the ptsd i mean we're talking about now at least thousand soldiers already in medical facilities with uh really 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 bad ptsd uh we are we are not laughing about it but like i'm saying it's not ptsd it's present it's present trauma it's not post-trauma because they're still in the war mm. and 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 um the second thing is the mass is the it's the it's how many people comes because when it's a different to deal with thousand people than to deal with ten thousand people in all of israel you have 13 psychiatrists 1300 okay 1300 and when you're talking about uh tragedy in this scale uh you need to remember that most of the israeli wars were out of the borders of israel and this time it was in the borders of Israel. So it's not only the soldiers, it's about more than 80,000 uh, citizens in, the, in, in Gaza, in, in near Gaza, which also suffer PTSD. So we are fighting um, to, you know, to, to, to take each and every professional that we can have. And we have two, two things that we're working now. One is to double and triple and even more than that uh, are my employees, which is more than 500. There's going to be like a thousand employees, which psychiatrists, psychologists, physical therapists, physical therapists, etc., etc. Also, the young ladies that are professional and wonderful that uh, um, welcome the young when they come first time. I double the teams, and the second thing is to open the fifth Betalochem in Ashdod which is in the south it's going to be in a center for ptsd national center for ptsd it was supposed to be open in 2027 20 the, the beginning of 2027 and i ordered my team to open it uh in the middle of 2025. wow i told them instead of three years you have a year and a half 
and I don't care how it's going to happen, but it's going to open. So the good thing is the Bet Elohim is open, is built by cubes. So I can open it, and I can open the first cube and build the second cube and go, etc., etc. So the first cube, instead of being the hydrotherapy pool or the swimming pool, it's going to be the house for PTSD. Okay. And I already talked, and I already talked with some hospitals, and I told them I want your professional teams in. And everybody wants to work with the organization because it's a respectful organization. So Ori Tel Shomer Shiba says, okay, we want to go in. Uh, the second thing, uh, we have a place called Bet K, um, the name of uh, K family who contributed this place in 1953. And we have their accommodation. I closed it four years ago when I came into the organization because I said, listen, we know how to rehabilitate people. We don't know how to run hotels. So I closed it, but now, I have to open it and we are going to open it uh it's in the north in Aharia, and we're going to open it and make it a village a whole village uh it's look like a kibbutz and we are going to open it, uh, uh, the village for ptsd so all the soldiers uh that come to our organization and they're not stabilized yet and have a severe situation we can take them there and uh, make them uh you know sessions for four days for a week for two weeks, it depends uh, what the medical team will say. So we're working in multiple uh, vectors, uh, taking care of our uh, veterans that, uh, you know, since 1949 and, uh, and the new one. And I can tell you that uh, the organization, and I will finish with that, the organization uh, make, um, my directors uh, told me, listen, all the 6,000, put them now in Betalochem without being a member, without even recognized by the Minister of Defense, put them in because rehabilitation starts now. Mm. You don't end, You don't wait to the end of the war. You know, we already know that usually uh, even the public and also the medical treatment said, listen, let's finish the war and then start uh, taking care of the wounded. No, 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 we do it now because if you start now, it will be shorter and more successful. Idan, so, Idan, I want to speak yeah. into this for a moment because um, you aren't just an outsider looking into the wounded warriors. Uh, I want to read a Jerusalem Post article that you were featured in, uh, and it says uh, that you were drafted into IDF's Givati Brigade in 1991, and a year into your service during an operation in Khan Yunus in the Gaza Strip, a firefight broke out with three terrorists, and you, Idan, were wounded in the chest. Uh, so you are yourself a wounded warrior of the Israel Defense Forces. So as you lead, as you lead um, uh, Beit Halochem, you are you're not just you know uh, um, yeah, trying to help wounded warriors. You're speaking to them as a wounded warrior yourself. How does that change the way that you lead and guide the organization? Amazing question. It's it's changed everything. First of all, first of all, yes, as you said, I was wounded uh, as a Givadi Brigade, engaging three terrorists. Uh, two were killed and one were captured, but I paid a heavy price. Uh, you can't see you can't see it here, but I'm paralyzed from the chest down and uh, confined to a wheelchair. Um, when I go, first of all, to also two dimension. One, the first one is when I go now to to to, to, to the hospitals and speak with the wounded soldiers the first thing i said to them uh hey guys it's happened to me 31 years ago on the 10th of november 1992. so all the barriers are going down and they understand that hey this guy that speaks with them it's one of their own mm -hmm. okay so it's the guy that know what's what the feeling is to get shot in the chest wake up in the hospital four days later when three doctors stand around you and says to you for my warrior you're now paralyzed from a wounded soldier, you are handicapped, which is a very uh, huge jump uh, from being wounded to understand that you are uh, basically uh, cannot do it and uh, cannot walk, and it's going to be forever. Um, running the organization from this wheelchair, um, it's 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 amazing because it's uh, like as much as you're wounded you are taking care of those guys who were wounded le like less than you okay and those guys look up to you and they says hey if you could do it we can do it also mm -hmm. so it's helped them okay sometimes people come into my room and they says to me 
listen, I have a huge problem, but seeing you in a wheelchair, I, I mean, I don't want to say my problem. And I said to him, listen, you can have 10% disability with 100% problems. So let's fix your problem. Don't look at me. Let's look at you. Okay. So um, I think the wounded soldiers now are really connected to me. Uh, I give them my, my cell phone, their family cell phone, uh, my, uh, their family, I give them the, my cell phone, and they feel much more comfortable to speak with someone that had the same experience that they had. Idan, this is Steve. This is why Idan is amazing. I would have led with that story of who I, you know, you, you didn't even, I don't even know if you would have ever brought it up in our conversation, Idan, if I, if I didn't say anything, but that just goes to show the character that you have, uh, that you care more about uh, the wounded warriors than even mentioning it yourself, that you yourself are a wounded warrior. I'm sorry, me, I would have probably led with that story, uh, but you're a much better person than I am. Uh, no, 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 no. You know why you're wrong? You know why you're wrong? Because, um, first of all, my family is, uh, I'm a third generation of uh, protector of Israel. My father got shot in the chest in the same, from the same weapon 19 years before me, protecting the Yom Kippur War. And my grandfather died in the Liberation War. Uh, and I buried six friends in my high school who fight for Israel. The, uh, citizens, but I want to say you something. Uh, everybody thinks like you said, and 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 I want to say something that maybe will surprise you. I get much more than I give them. Okay, when you are taking care of your fellow soldier, and he comes to you and smile to you after you went to your room with tears, or he says to you, "You saved my life, my friend," or whatever, you get much, much, much more yourself. Mm. Okay. They are the fuel uh, for what I'm doing every day, uh, being, being with me. Uh, I just give you an example, a small example for what the Brotherhood is. Uh, three years ago, I had a leukemia. I mean, I, not enough that I got shot in the chest. God decided to give me another, another try, to try me in another thing. And he, and he gave me uh, I have a, look, I had a leukemia. So in the hospital, it says to me, listen, we're going to give you blood and and uh during your uh treatment uh so can you please uh, find you know 25 people that will agree to give blood and i says to them okay i'll try and two days after the nurse come into my room and says listen you gotta stop your friend from the organization and then 250 people <laughs> called us you need to stop it we cannot the blood the blood bank cannot cannot deal with that and because those guys was not only agree, they was very angry that they didn't call them to, to, to go to the hospital and give blood. So this brotherhood is for life. Mm. And uh, I think every person that uh, know what to be, what it to be with combat with, uh, with your friends, uh, understand the story. You know, you know, Chris, uh, there's a, a passage in the Psalms that said, behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Mm. This is such an example of unity of a need arises uh it's such a blessing idan to hear you and to and to see how you've given and then there's opportunity for those who you've given to to give back and that that is such a wonderful story and uh, it this kind of uh the kinds of things that israel is experiencing raises up people who can't change what happened but they can help since it did happen yeah, and uh, and the organization also held uh, not not only national but international. I mean, a month before the seventh October, we had people from Ukraine, from Azerbaijan, from the United States, and from Germany coming in to learn how to run Betelochem. I had a, a visit a few years ago uh, from your Secretary of Veterans Robert Wilkie, which was under Donald Trump administration, and this uh, person, a very amazing person, uh, sits on a $200 billion budget. And he had a three and a half hours tour in Betelochem. I mean, running into Betelochem and making the tours more than five hours. And uh, we had some intimate uh, um, sit down that uh, we had, you know, the, uh, when the Secretary of Veteran come, there's a whole entourage. And uh, in a certain moment, we sat together alone in a room. And he asked me, um, he says to me, how many people 
uh, how many veterans commit suicide per day in Israel? And I asked, and I said to him, you mean per year? And he said, no, per day. And I said to him, uh, secretary, uh, we don't do it per year. We say, we not do it per day, we do it per year. And he says, okay, so how many? I said, five to six people, seven top. And he says, what, how come? And, and I says to him, and you know, some of them also have mental issues that they're coming with from home. So, but it's about six to seven people. And he says to me, and I wouldn't, and I didn't believe when he said it. He said to me, I have uh, every 70 minutes, 22 per day. Mm. And uh, he asked me how you do it. And I says to him, you're sitting in the solution because Betelochem, it's much more than, it's not a country club, it's a community. The problem that people don't understand when a wounded soldiers uh, got hit, he's, his whole life is working with a team. And now when he was wounded, when he come to Betelochem, he's alone. He come alone, okay? It's not only dealing with your injury, it's also dealing from get you that you used to work in a team, and now that you're working alone, okay? Your team still serving, and you are now wounded, and you got out from the team. So what we are doing, we are providing him a new team, okay? He comes to Betelochem, and we, in the first meeting, we're putting him in a team. And this team, no matter if you have PTSD, if you're blind, if you have e-burned, if you are amputee, you don't need to explain anything to no one. We know everything, it's okay. Whenever you're ready to talk about your injury, you will talk about it. But if you don't have legs, or if you don't have hands, and you walk or, or, or will yourself in Betalochem, nobody will stop and look at you like, hey, whoa. No, we're used to it. And if a PTSD person, have a panic attack, okay? Sometimes you walk in a hall and somebody says, hey, you see the enemy? They're shooting at me or something like that. We know how to deal with that, okay? Two or three guys jump on him, put him in a room, give him a glass of water. Hey man, are you okay? Well, great, they're waiting for you in the basketball court. Go mm -hmm. down, okay? Nothing happened. No hospitalization, no doctor, no ambulance, no anything that you know, don't make, don't make a fuss, okay? It's happened, you're okay, get a glass of water, Go to the gym they're waiting for you mm. okay because sport culture and community are the best rehab sources and we are specialized in that we have more than 400 classes of culture and sport in our battle we have four centers and now we're building the fifth one Idan, what that, amazing that's, that's amazing chris uh, Idan, hey listen everybody um what you know we also at friends of israel Idan and Zvia believe prayer is a big part as well so we want all of our list, all of our listeners to be praying for Beit Ha, uh, Beit ha Lochem. Sorry, I say that so slow. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Beit Lochem, the Warrior House. The Warrior House. Um, but you can also pray and you can give to help support this organization by going to the Friends of Israel Disabled Veterans, which is FIDV dot org. We have that link in our show notes. And if you're listening from Canada, because I know we have some great Canadian friends. Um, they have a link up there as well for the Friends of Israel Disabled Veterans. Um, Idan um, and Svia, thank you so much for being with us. Please stick around, though, because we have some news, and I'd like your insights. Look, Steve and I are always talking about what's going on in Israel uh, from the comfort of our chairs here in New Jersey. Um, but, Idan, you're over there right now, and Svia, you are connected even though you live here. Um, so the first thing I want to bring up, Steve, this uh, comes from the Jerusalem Post uh, which is Hamas attacks Israeli forces in Gaza amid ceasefire extensions. Is anybody here surprised by that? That Hamas attacks Israel forces in Gaza as the ceasefire extensions are going on. Uh, this seems to be, you know, uh, a similar story that we've heard over the past 15 years of Israel having to deal with Hamas in power in the in Gaza. Uh, Steve, I don't know if you want to add to that. Well, all I could say is. They're having to deal with a terrorist group. Europe knows, has labeled them terrorists. The United States has labeled them terrorists. Israel is experiencing the terrorism. And uh, to, to, you have to try to negotiate because they have hostages, which again is crazy. Uh, so the idea of them breaking a, a rule is not out of the realm of possibility. That's for sure. That's right. And it also says several IDF soldiers were lightly wounded 
in the assaults by Hamas as well. Uh, Idan, do you want to add to this uh, report that recently came out? I'm not surprised when you're dealing, as uh, Steve says, when you're dealing with terrorists and you're dealing with people that, you know, we're saying here in Israel, don't call them animals because you insult the animals. Because animals animals kill only when they're hungry. Okay, they're not killed for fun. And uh, when you deal with people that can uh, put babies in, uh, in, in, in a situation that they take, they take their uh, parts of bodies and you kill pregnant women, uh, and you enjoy it, and you call and you call your parents doing yeah. doing it, and your parents and your parents says hallelujah. Uh, then you understand that when you're dealing with such uh, people, um, no deals on the table, and uh, you cannot trust those people. And call them, and I have a problem to call them even people because it insults you and Steve that and your listener to call them people. It's not in the same. It's not a war between civilization people. It's a war between civilization and something very dark mm. okay it's a war between democracy and people that don't believe in your way of life and when i see just the last sentence if i may please when i see people in in universities like yale and oxford and and really in a very high institute uh cheering for them i'm, I'm amazed because if you saw what they're doing to gay people if you saw what they're doing to somebody that is christian or jew uh, or something that, that of somebody that don't agree with them okay it's not that they argue okay we can argue all, all day and, and finish as friends they will take you out to the roof and throw you out literally okay mm. there's pictures of them do it to their arab neighbors so it's crazy so thinking that you can deal with them in diplomacy and and those ways i mean those guys are isis so need to say more you know i i, I we always say this too idan and Svia, is that you know i everybody's surprised by october 7th uh here at the friends of israel we were not surprised by october 7th we actually have magazine articles from israel my glory of the magazine that we produce uh back in 2006 2007 when hamas took control took control and our writers then, uh, Christian writers, were calling Hamas a genocidal organization. Why? Because they were saying it out loud. They were launching thousands and thousands and thousands of rockets into Israel constantly. And the media turned a blind eye until when? Until Israel would have to respond. So October 7th happens, and everybody kind of looks around and starts going, what, what could have possibly happened to make this? It's been going on for—it's just amazing to me how disconnected— you know, even the media can make it seem that that they wake up October 7th. But the reality is, is that the, the Hamas has been saying the quiet parts out loud for so long. And then finally, October 7th did happen. And and now Israel has to respond this way. But it's just amazing. It seems like the world is waking up when really this has been going on. They've been telling us what they want. They've been wanting to do for many, many, many years. You know what most amazed me? I served in Gaza in 1992. Okay, it's one of the most beautiful places on earth. I mean, they could do this place, they could do amazing things. Okay, and so I heard somebody very smart saying, When you put money and instead of building up, you're building down, it says everything. Mm. Okay, instead of building hospitals and universities and high schools and, 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 and all the things that amazing things that like you're building in the state, when you build tunnels and, 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 and buy weapons. Instead of giving your citizens uh, uh, food and 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 culture, uh, it says every everything. Okay, and they then and I and I want to remind you that when we gave them back Gaza, uh, uh, most of the uh, the Jewish settlers there left their home and the greenhouses uh, for for the Palestinians to to come and work, uh, believing that if they will have a financial. Uh, uh, state that they will be okay they don't seek for terror and what they did they burned the, the greenhouses and the, the ruined the houses and, and and started to build tunnels and bring weapon inside so i mean as i said to you guys it's not a war between civilization it's a war between civilization and something very very dark and the truth to be said if israel is not here you guys are the next Chris, have to be said. You know, Chris, 
this has been such an upgrade, which is via and Idan here. 100%. I'm glad they're not going for our jobs because we'd be in big trouble. A hundred percent. I know. Uh, I'm proud of my job and I'm proud of, you know, and this is this is the Israeli way. This organization, the organization that I run, was basically established by the wounded soldier themselves. And it's run by the wounded soldier themselves. And the warrior house is financed by the wounded soldier themselves. You expect the government to run it, but no. We said we are not waiting to everybody, to no one. We're taking our control, our life on control. And whenever I speak with the wound, American wounded soldiers or a British one, Australian one, uh, I always says to them, listen, take your destiny in your own hand. Don't wait to nobody else, okay? Mm. Luckily, we have good people like you who contribute and help us financially. But if you won't do it ourselves, you guys cannot help us, okay? This this triangle between the government, the organization, and you guys all over the world, this would make it's the, the safety net for the wounded soldiers and the one who protect democracies. And I want to tell you something, you, last story. I talked with a guy that lost his leg, okay, Golani Brigade. He got shot in his leg, and without a leg, he killed, he killed two terrorists, okay, lying on the floor until he lost blood and fainted. And... This guy is 20 years old and I we speak and he says to me, you know what? I thought that if I will lose my leg, I will be down and I don't have a life. But when I woke up, I understand that I did for the world, not for the state of Israel, not only for the Jews, for the world. Those guys in Gaza now, when you speak to them, they will tell it, we do it to the states of Israel, but we do it for the democracy of the world. 100%. People understand what they're doing there. A hundred percent. Yep. Hey, we we so, talked about that, Idan, and, and I'm really glad you backed that up, Chris. I want to end with know? one more happy note here, though, Steve. I, I, you know, Argentina is switching here. We talked about the president-elect Javier Malay, but uh, who would have thought this, Steve? Uh, and Idan and Zvia, I think you'll get a kick out of this. But the newly elected uh, president of Argentina not only flew an Israeli flag and plans to hopefully move the embassy of Argentina from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. But while he was in New York, in Queens, he went to visit the uh, Rabbi Schneerson, the Babavitcher Rabbi's grave, to offer thanks for his surprise victory. Uh, he's a Catholic himself. So anyway, as Steve would say, Zygazunt, live and be well. But uh, that's an interesting one to me, Steve. Hey, Chris, the first place he's going after uh, December 10th, he's, his first international trip is, take a guess, Israel. That's amazing. That's amazing. I hope that uh, he sees great success because of uh, his support for Israel, the Jewish people, and his desire to make his fellow countrymen uh, give them more freedom uh, as well. I, it's always those things are always connected, Steve. I really believe this, that if you believe in freedom uh, and you want the best for your own people, that usually is coupled with supporting Israel and the Jewish people as well. Those two go hand in hand. Well, Chris, now you have to play our Yiddish music. Because uh, while Idan and Zvia is on, we want to make sure that they hear the Yiddish word for the day. Well, before I give them the Yiddish word of the day, I got one more gift for Zvia, everybody. Here we go. You ready, Zvia? Ready. Zvia, on behalf of Friends of Israel, happy Hanukkah. Oh, my God. Thank here, you so much. Here is your Hanukkah gift box. Merry Christmas, guys. Thank, uh, you. thank you. Thank you. That, that is a Hanukkah gift box full of good Israeli goodies that we'll lay, nibble on for the year. And then you come back again and we'll give you another Chris, one. Okay? I uh, share so all much. the time. You give me bupkis. Nothing. I give you nothing. But Chris, 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 before, before we leave, I want to say something, uh, what you said about Argentina. Uh, a serious thing. Our best friend in the world is the USA. Okay, you don't, you don't uh, become friends uh, for a year or two, and then the government change, and then now they're not your friends, and tomorrow they're friends, and etc. We have a good friendship, a solid friendship with the United States of America. Everybody in Israel loves the United States of America. Uh, I just came from the state. Uh, uh, the, the the war caught me when I was in Hawaii explaining my kids true story on Pearl Harbor we were and how ironic it is uh, and I flew immediately from the state uh, back to Israel uh, I want to say you guys we love you we see you as our best buddies our best friends 
and and we don't take it in i mean we, we always working on it and we don't see it as something that uh, uh come for free i mean we work on this and people need to appreciate it and uh we appreciate your friendship if it's democracy and republicans we don't care uh as long as we are fighting for democracy and the values of democracy and let people live their life i think you guys are amazing and thank you very much for giving us all this time thank you well listen uh, idan, idan we're glad to do that but i gotta tell you at least for the jew and the gentile podcast where we are we do care who the president is and we're <laughs> no i know no i know but we I don't care, care right chris we care yeah, yeah uh, i know but you know what great in our, in my organization that the the, the wounded soldiers are uh they're the nation okay we call it in hebrew which means the the army that owns by the people which means in my organization there's no politics you don't see a picture of president or prime minister the only pictures you see is uh the ramatkal the chief of staff okay the generals so because we are providing service for the israeli military and we see ourselves as the idf continuance and working and help to pay the price of fighting. Well, Idan, that's well, Idan. why. That, listen, that's why we want to give you the Yiddish word of the day, and the Yiddish word of the day is hef helfin. Helfin is the Elfin. Yiddish. Helfin is the Yiddish word of the day, <laughs> and helfin. You ready? Helfin means help, to aid, and to do good. And that's exactly what uh, what your organization is doing. That's why we want to encourage our listeners to go to FIDV, the Friends of Israel Disabled Veterans. You can pray for them, and you can also support them and all the amazing work that they're doing. And, hey, that's why I want to thank you so much for being a part of the Jew and Gentile podcast. To, uh, uh, to Idan, uh, to Tzfia, and to Steve, who's who's healing up from COVID. Thank you so much for being a part of our program. Just a fresh reminder, go to foiequip.org, and there you can Be well, be well. Bye. Thank you, and we will be sure to be praying for you, Don. When you go to foiequip.org, you can register for upcoming classes. uh, classes. You can be praying for Israel and the Jewish people. It's going to be a great time. Uh, Thank you again, Svia, for being a part of the program. And I thank you very much for your support and for being who you are. Thank you so much. Svia, you're amazing. Hey, everybody, we'll see you next week.